Good morning. <laughs> um, welcome to East Shore Unitarian Church. On this very special day, we will formally install our new minister, Reverend Maria Christina. <laughs> My name is Connie Hernley, and I use she, her pronouns. I am representing the Ministerial Search Committee, many of whom are here with me today. The committee includes Ann Fletcher, our wonderful chair, Lita Hamilton, Julie Heisey, David Bumgart, Martin Cox, and David Langrock. Just over 20 months ago, we came together to begin our search process for Eshore's next settled minister. A little less than one year ago, our congregation unanimously voted to call Reverend Maria Christina, and she accepted the call. Four months later, she gave her first service as East Shore's settled minister. And today, we have the honor of celebrating her installation. As her example leads us, we at East Shore Unitarian Church welcome theological diversity and practice radical welcoming so that every person who comes through our doors or online would know that they are truly valued here for their whole selves. On this special day, we especially welcome distinguished luminaries uh, in the larger Unitarian Universalist movement and in our partner indigenous communities. We know many of you have traveled to be with us, and we are so grateful to you for your loving support of our beloved minister and for your presence here today. I am so glad to be here. And I want to share that it is special and sweet personally because this congregation, this is where I started my journey as a facilitator of beloved conversations nine years ago. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for helping me launch my anti-racism ministry in Unitarian Universalism. Literally, this is where it started. So I am loving you so much, and I hope that it is that love that you feel as I offer you this charge. Are you ready to receive a charge from me? All right. You are so lucky. <laughs> you are 
are so lucky to have called the Reverend Dr. Maria Cristina Blasidis Burgoa as your minister. Good job. <laughs> What an excellent choice you made. My charge to you is to truly lean into a relationship with Reverend Maria Cristina. Maria Cris, as those of us who love her call her, really knows in her body a different way of doing ministry. She is bringing a new paradigm to pretty much everything she does. And this will have a powerful impact on all of you. Some of you are going to say, oh, thank you. That's what I was missing. Yes. And some of you are going to go, hmm, that's different. That's new. That's maybe even a little uncomfortable. Hmm. For some of you, it's not going to be familiar at all. And I guarantee it's not going to be like what you had before. And to that, I say, Alleluia. Alleluia. Thank you. Alleluia. Because this is the time and we are the people. We in Unitarian Universalism are deep in an experiment of how to do faith community, how to do anti-racism and anti-oppression, how to welcome everyone. And by everyone, I mean those who have been at the margins for too long. I mean those who have been told that they can't love the way their hearts tell them. I mean those whose bodies are being policed and controlled and threatened by the religious right. And we are here to say, uh-uh. We are here to do something different. We are figuring out how to do the beloved community. And the Reverend Dr. Maria Cristina is a leader in our movement in this project. You are so lucky. So my charge to you, East Shore, is to let her lead. I'm going to say that again. Let her lead. <laughs> I'm not done. I'm not done. Let me say it more. I want to say more. I charge you to co-create the beloved community. When I say let her lead, I don't mean sit back and bring your popcorn send her out and let her lead. Don't let her do all the work on her own. No. When I say let her lead, I mean that when she proposes to try something new, say yes. Say, hmm, I'm not sure, but let's find out. Say, let's see what happens. Those of you who have tried improv theater know what I mean when I tell you to say yes and. Go with it. 
Be in experiment with her. Be in communication with her. Be in community with her. Grow and strengthen an interdependent relationship. Accept the invitation to be transformed. Because one day, in the not too distant future, you will look back and you will say, wow, look at all that we have become. Look at all that we are doing together. You will say, wow, this is so different and so much stronger than what we used to do. This is so much more embodied. This is so much more relational. This is so much deeper spiritually. I am so happy for you and for this future that I know is coming. My blessings go with you, dear ones. Bendita sean. Les deseo milagros y conexiones y mucho, mucho, muchísimo amor. Que así sea. Dear María Cristina, thank you for inviting us to deliver the charge to the minister on this important and joyous day. We are honored to count you as friend and colleague. Thank you for your trust, your companionship, and your ministry. In the many years I've known you, Maria Cristina, the quality that I see that most shines in you is your deep empathy. When something happens to me, be it a joy or a sorrow, you make me feel as though it is happening to you. Celebrations are amplified by your enthusiasm and shared happiness. Difficult moments are made easier by your compassion and understanding. You always let people know how much they are appreciated, whether by an effusive gracias or a tangible gift or that winning smile that lights up everyone around you. Your presence is a treasure that will serve you well in this ministry. Querida Maria Cristina, another of the many gifts that you bring to this ministry is the depth of your own spirituality. Yours is a life rooted in the earth, flowing with the water, fierce with fire, and bright as air. A spirituality that emerges from the ancestors, that sings and dances with los indígenas, expresses itself through Turtle and <laughs> La Virgen and Victor Jara and Frida and flowers from the church garden and butterflies being born. Yours is an embodied spirituality, alive in the senses with the smell of sage, the feel of velvet, the sound of the drum, the sight of faces you love, the taste of frutas, a vibrant reminder that we are in this flesh, in this beautiful, aching world, an interdependent world, only for a time. 
we Unitarian Universalists need more than heady logic to live out this faith that has love at its heart. Your daily practices that balance head, heart, body, and spirit are a gift we all need. So, Maria Cristina, we charge you with allowing your authentic self to shine. This is often not an easy thing for ministers of color in our denomination who are subjected to higher standards and greater scrutiny than their white colleagues. Yet your identities, your life experience, your deep commitment to la lucha for all marginalized communities are precisely the gifts that you bring to this faith, and we cannot afford to have you hide your light under a bushel. <laughs> we charge you then with using your prophetic voice boldly and courageously, knowing that there are many who love and support you, and there are many who will be transformed by what you say and do. And Maria Cristina, we also charge you to keep on deepening your delight in the world. This work of ministry, like life itself, is hard and full of heartbreak as well as rich with relationships that, that nurture and surprise you. So we charge you to make time every single day to savor beauty, to make time every single day to let your spirit soar, and to make time every single day to rest your spirit, head, body, and mind, and that heart of yours. Knowing that your empathy and love, your prophetic voice, and the deep sources of your spirituality are already integrated into your very being. And they are enough, Karina. You yes. are enough. You are here and now more than enough. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Maria Christina, for the invitation and the honor <laughs> to preach this installation. Uh, a, another esteemed colleague of color, Reverend Chris Long, is being installed in Baton Rouge, Louisiana today. And it is, I, it might be the first time in UU history that two ministers of color are being installed the same day in two different places in the country. And Chris invited me a year ago, and when Marie Chris called me, I said, oh, I'm supposed to be in Baton Rouge. I said, let me, and then I, I said, I need to be at East Shore. I served as the religious educator here for seven years. Amen. <laughs> and those seven years were as colorful as that tapestry, so... 
Gracias, amiga, hermana. It is a huge honor, truly. Now I got to say this part without crying. I want to first bring into the room two people who were beloved members of the East Shore community and are now ancestors and who made a deep, deep impact on me as a faith leader and a person and as a Unitarian Universalist. Walter Andrews and Jose Garcia. Jeanette is here and Melinda's online. I just want to let you both know I think about your beloved spouses all the time. Walter and Jose would be thrilled, thrilled to know that Easter is calling Reverend Maria Cristina. Jose especially would love all the Spanish (laughs) here today. Walter and Melinda joined Eshore in 1968. Walter was my biggest supporter and held a vision of Unitarian Universalism that fiercely centered love. Walter mentored me into becoming a more faithful Unitarian Universalist. Jose mentored and encouraged me to embrace my power as a leader of color. Walter and Jose, presente. I want to begin with a story. This tale is attributed to different versions in many countries, and I'm sure I told it here during my tenure as a religious educator. This version is from the Hasidic Jewish tradition from Lithuania. The difference between heaven and hell. Once there was a rabbi who carried with him a deep curiosity of what lay beyond the other world. He studied many books for clues of what might be found beyond the veil of earthly existence. After spending decades studying and meditating, he created a magical blade that would cut through the veil between the worlds. He randomly chose a place to use the magical blade, and as he cut the veil and walked through to the other side, he found himself in a beautiful, sunny meadow filled with long tables and delicious food and drink. He thought, surely this must be heaven. However, as he looked closer, he realized that the people were frowning and miserable. He couldn't understand why until he saw the long spoons next to them, And no matter how they bent their arms or wrists, they could not feed themselves. So they were bitter and angry. Upset at what he saw, the rabbi quickly returned to the earthly plane. He realized that what he stumbled upon must be hell. People in perpetual misery because they could not benefit from the nourishing food in front of them. The rabbi wanted to know about heaven. Surely there was a place that held happiness and joy. He decided he would move through the veil again, but this time cutting through a different place. 
So he found a different spot. He cut through the veil and he found himself in what appeared to be the same exact meadow, the same exact lush green. Again, there appeared long tables with bounty of delicious food and drinks. But this time, the people were full of joy and happiness, even though the spoons were also long, making it impossible for anyone to feed themselves. The reason they were happy and full of joy is that they were feeding each other. This was heaven. Joy, love, and community care. When he returned to the earthly plane, he knew that the difference between heaven and hell was not a place, but what lived in people's hearts. Now, when I have told the story in the past, I stop there. But the story continues. The rabbi decided he wanted to save the people in hell by bringing the people from heaven to try and teach them to feed each other, to show them how to do it. So when he brought some people from heaven to talk to the people in hell and say, hey, listen, this is all you need to do, the people in hell refused, saying, I'm not feeding him. He's a jerk and I don't like him. Another saying, I won't feed them. They're selfish. And on and on it went. All the made-up reasons why the people in hell would not open their hearts to feed each other. Now, I'm not sure I need to be too detailed in connecting the dots from this story to modern-day American life, but I will anyway. (laughs) By some estimates, indigenous people have lived on this continent between 12 and 14,000 years. Indigenous ancestors lived in harmony with the land, understanding that interdependence is paramount to the survival of all. All that changed with the arrival of Europeans. It has been only 513 years since the arrival of colonizers in 1492. And yet because of the practices of violent extractive capitalism and the commodification of human beings, human, animal, plant, and ocean life on this this planet are in peril. The story of heaven and hell teaches us that it is due to a lack of imagination, creativity, and relationship that we keep ourselves from creating heaven on earth. Both groups of people had the same challenges with the long spoons. The only difference between both groups is the story they tell themselves about what is possible, about who is worthy of relationship and effort and care. The stories we tell ourselves matter. The values that we center matter. We need each other to overcome the challenges of the long spoons, and the long spoons represent money. Let that sink in. First, a side note. It is astonishing to me that as a collective, humanity has decided Pieces of paper that we cannot eat, drink, or breathe are worth more than that which we can eat, drink, and breathe. More and more we understand what indigenous people and communities of color have always known, how interconnected and interdependent we are and need to be for our collective survival. 
We cannot have liberation for some. We must work for liberation for all. Unitarian Universalism is a dynamic and life-affirming faith that seeks to tell and retell stories of what it means to be human. None of us are experts at being human. Sorry, Maria Christina, not even you. But I mean, you're close. You're close. You're close. You're close. No, no, neither am I. Neither am I. You know I love you. (laughs) We practice. And Maria Christina is one of the most inspiring and beautiful teachers to practice with. Because we Unitarian Universalists believe that revelation is not sealed. We, revelation is not sealed. We are constantly improving our stories and our understanding of our faith. One such improvement is the recent work of revising Article 2. As you have heard previously from Reverend Maria Christina. Yes, that deserves a clap. It was awesome to see the table out there with the Article 2 Commission's work. May I have the image up on the screen, please? The Unitarian Universalist Board of Trustees charged a group of people to take on the task of revising Article 2, and they have been working diligently to update all our principles and sources to inspire us to live more fully into the beloved community. What does this mean? It means that we are looking at a new way of describing the values and principles that guide our faith. Instead of focusing on eight principles and six sources, the Article II Commission has held numerous focus groups and conversations and has suggested a new framework for our consideration. This image is a representation of the highlights of the Commission's work. Love is at the center. Surrounded by justice, generosity, pluralism, transformation, equity, and interdependence. Thank you, Jenny. The two themes that speak most to me are interdependence and transformation. Interdependence reminds us that it is through connection and community that we thrive. We are better able to resist systems of oppression when we are in solidarity with each other. Transformation is the part of our faith that comes alive when we are willing to be challenged. Unitarian Universalist spaces, the invitation to be transformed, is ever-present. That is the magic of our faith community. Julica has invited you to allow yourselves to be transformed and to create an interdependent relationship with Reverend Maria Christina. I encourage you to accept this invitation. In the story, the people in heaven knew that their interdependence brought them life-giving sustenance and joy. They were not only surviving, they were thriving. They wanted to share that knowledge and joy with those who existed in a place where they made up all kinds of reasons not to help each other. The people in hell did not accept the invitation to be transformed. The world right now is uncertain, and it seems that we are inundated with one crisis after another. I refuse to give in to despair. 
I learned from black activists that joy is an act of resistance. We can find joy as we have this morning when we recognize our interdependence and when we accept the invitation to transform. Do you accept the invitation to transform, Ishore? A better world is possible. A better world is coming. I refuse to believe otherwise. Not just because I am alive, but because I have children and because of all of our children, because really there's no such thing as other people's children. We have a legacy to leave. Let us accept the invitation to expand our imaginations, to affirm equity, care, interdependence, and love. Let us all accept the invitation to transform. Amen, Ashe, and blessed be. Amen.